Hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here, and welcome to the Redeemed and Restored podcast, where we connect every Friday so that together we can intentionally discover the faithfulness of God. So today's episode of Redeemed and Restored is entitled Sucked into the New Age Part 2, or better yet, Sucked into Scientology. Last week, I'd shared my childhood experience that opened the door to the enemy through an innocent game whose foundation was steeped in the occult. You'll hear me say that my introduction to Scientology appealed to my pride because of the celebrities that were involved. It's interesting that the most beautiful angel of God was thrown out of heaven because of his pride. In Ezekiel chapter 28, the prophet describes the guardian cherub who was expelled in disgrace from the mountain of God. Verse 17 says, Your heart became proud because of your beauty. For the sake of your splendor, you corrupted your wisdom. Now think about it. For the sake of his splendor, he corrupted his wisdom. As one who spent many years involved in the New Age movement, I would say that's a perfect description of the New Age, of Scientology, special wisdom that looks good, sounds good, appeals to your pride, draws you in. But it is all corrupted wisdom, energized and enlivened by the unholy world to keep people from believing the truth about God, his faithfulness, and the redemption he offers. If you've ever watched any of Leah Ramini's A&E docuseries called Scientology and the Aftermath, let me just say that everything she says is true about the organization. I experienced or saw with my own eyes much of what she reported on, and the evil tactics used by the legal arm of Scientology in creating fake news websites and social media posts to smear her name and try to destroy her credibility. May I just say that is typical of cults run by bullies and narcissists and sociopaths. I have been on the receiving end of this type of treatment myself after I stood up and spoke out about my own spiritual abuse in 2012 and following. But alas, once again, I am getting ahead of myself. I filmed the introduction to the video broadcast of this podcast in front of the main location for Scientology in Clearwater, Florida. I happened to be down there for the Florida Christian Writers Conference and realized I was close enough to pop over to Clearwater, a town that is pretty much owned by the Church of Scientology. And I say church in quotes, they are not really a church. The reality of the depth of deception promoted by this demonically inspired spiritual sham is chilling. And I can only praise God for being so faithful to deliver me from it. The reality of the depth of deception promoted by this demonically inspired spiritual sham is chilling. And I can only praise a faithful God for delivering me from it. So take a moment to write a review on Apple so that even more folks can find this podcast and be encouraged. 
or you may even know someone who needs to hear this message. So please share the link with others. You may even want to visit my YouTube channel to see the video version of this podcast and connect with the conversations happening over there. Just head on over to YouTube and type in Athena Dean Holtz into the search bar and you'll find the video broadcast there. So, hey, let's get started. Well, hey, everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here for this week's edition of Redeemed and Restored. Today's segment is part two of Sucked Into the New Age. I mentioned last time that I unknowingly opened the door to the enemy's activity in my life by dabbling in the occult. But this next counterfeit was fraught with extreme spiritual abuse and deception. Remember, to me, it seemed like those who believed New Age thought or the idea of becoming in control of my future, that was cool. It definitely appealed to my pride. I met actor Wings Hauser and his wife, and they were definitely way more hip than that guy in the desert. So I was open to their invitation to check out Scientology. I shared earlier how I'd been working in the music business, and that was when I was still in Chicago. So, you know, being around cool people, those with celebrity status, was always a draw for me. I'd actually just gotten a job working for Helen Reddy's husband, who was her manager. And, you know, the Hollywood scene was exciting to me. They invited me up to their estate in Santa Barbara, and both Wings and his wife explained some basic truths about Scientology and how I could be in charge of my future and help others get free of their baggage. Together, we could clear the planet and make it a better place. Not sure what it was about me that was so drawn in by a greater purpose or cause, perhaps the part of me that just feels strongly about righting a wrong and injustice. I left the Hauser estate with a plan to go to the Scientology Center on Sunset Strip, which was another hip place in the Hollywood area. And I would just start some basic counseling there. They had a way of sucking you into their services by having you take a personality test where it would show you all the areas of your life that rated low on the success barometer. They'd circle those low marks and say, yeah, I can see you're struggling in this area, but Scientology can help you handle that. Their focus on helping me see that I was able to control my destiny was uncannily similar to the message my grandmother preached from her Unity pulpit. I wasn't much of a fiction fan, so the fact that Scientology's founder, being a best-selling author of some pretty wild science fiction novels, just never really made it onto my radar. It wasn't long, though, before I was drawn to the Celebrity Center in downtown Hollywood. That was the place where all the important people got their services, which pretty much consisted of counseling and courses and very overpriced. I sensed a family atmosphere that I never really experienced in my family of origin, so I definitely wanted to belong. The cool factor was definitely a draw. 
like I said, an appeal to my pride. You couldn't be on the staff at the Celebrity Center unless you joined their elite core of Scientologists who were serious about changing the world using the technology developed by LRH or L. Ron Hubbard. So you have to understand here, part of their theology, if you want to call it that, is that they believed in past lives, in reincarnation. So you didn't only have one life to live. It's interesting to think back that they always touted that you could be a Christian and still be a Scientologist. Well, come on. They basically said that just to suck people in because any true Christian who understands what Christ did on the cross for us would never join an organization that believes in reincarnation. So this organization, it was modeled after the Navy. So in order to join the Sea Org, S-E-A Org, this elite core of L. Ron Hubbard followers who were gung-ho to clear the planet, you had to sign a billion-year contract. Yeah, I know. It's almost laughable now when I say it. But since they believed in multiple lives, that's how they got people to commit to a contract like that. I mean, basically, you sign that saying, I am all in. So I was hooked. Working as the first point of contact for new recruits, I signed them up for their initial communication course, which was the bait that they used to draw people into spending tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars for their form of counseling called auditing. The strategy as a religion was to attract opinion leaders with a huge following, knowing that if they got the celebrity, they would get a good percentage of their followers. So here I was signing up all sorts of celebrities, John Travolta, Al Jarreau, Chick Corea, Karen Black. And, you know, it just gave me this sense of significance, which seemed to be what I was always looking for. The deal was I worked six days a week and sometimes seven for $13 a week and room and board. The church had recently purchased a hotel right down the street from Celebrity Center called the Wilcox. And typically singles were just thrown in with one to three others, depending on the size of the room. Well, I remember these conversations where people would like complain saying, man, the only way to get your own room in this place is to get married. Guess I need to do that. I mean, I remember a guy who'd been married eight times, jumping in and out of relationships as fast as he could just to get that coveted private room. And then he'd find out that he really didn't like the person he married, so he would start the cycle all over again. That was the insanity. I mean, that was just one little insane part of Scientology. But I finally struck up a friendship with one of the Scientology cops. They were called ethics officers, and they were the ones who kept the law and order in their domain. So they were tough and in charge. I liked being around someone who wielded some authority and power in the organization. So that began a romance that ended in marriage in the summer of 1977. We tied the knot in the exquisite gardens outside the manor, a vintage 
castle in Hollywood that housed the Celebrity Center. Not even a week after we were married, I ended up with a black eye from an argument that went bad. I'd never been around anyone who would hit a woman. So big black sunglasses hid the fruit of his anger gone wild. Not knowing what I was dealing with as the term domestic violence just wasn't even a word in the 70s. It left me incapable of fully engaging in the marriage. And once again, trust was broken. The abuse escalated into weekly beatings. And then after the birth of our first child, he made frequent visits to prostitutes on Hollywood Boulevard. Looking back, I can see that this was really what drove me into self-medicating with work. I just wanted to get away from the pain and the chaos and the volatility in the household. And working was the best way I'd found to do it. Four years into the marriage, he broke my arm while I was nursing our second child, who was six months old at the time. That was pretty much it. That was the straw that broke the camel's back, and I fled from that house never to return. By this time, we'd gotten out of the Sea Org and were considered civilians, but retained good standing, and we were on good terms with the church. I found nannies for the kids and threw myself into work building a successful fundraising company based on a model that my dad taught me many years before. But immersing myself in this new business and shoving down the trauma that I just endured for four years only delayed the fallout that I would experience from ignoring my trauma and numbing my pain with work. Less than a year later, I married another Scientologist who I barely knew. We blended two families and started the cycle all over again. While he wasn't physically abusive, he was a Vietnam veteran who struggled and suffered with severe post-traumatic stress disorder. That usually manifested in an inability to keep a job, which left me to be the breadwinner, and he stayed home with the kids. So his brokenness only built up and encouraged my unhealthy workaholism. I became extremely successful in a financial services business we started while he played the house spouse, which I guess was fun for him. Raising three boys was like having a little platoon and he was the drill sergeant. So we had just moved into this beautiful Hacienda style house in Burbank, California with a swimming pool, hot tub, stables. We were experiencing quite a bit of what I can now call spiritual abuse by the Church of Scientology. And we're really kind of on the edge of leaving, but it was hard. Our world was intertwined with those also involved. And once you leave, you are shamed. You are considered antisocial, a suppressive person. Your family members and friends, they are all forced to cut you off and have nothing to do with you. We had already gone through a few times where we had come really close to walking away and went public with the newspapers about what we were seeing as injustice by the people running the Church of Scientology. 
not long after, we were going through some things left in the house we'd moved into. There were some books that were just kind of left in the bookcase, this, this big, huge, beautiful built-in bookcase in this large plush den, the walls covered with knotty pine paneling and this huge fireplace on one wall. One of the books I pulled out was titled White Witchcraft by someone named Alistair Crowley. I had no idea who this guy was, but that found out that he was the guy who brought Satanism into the United States from the UK. I arbitrarily opened the book up to a chapter midway through, saw something familiar. As I began to read, my jaw dropped as I read word for word content that L. Ron Hubbard had declared in one of his books. Only he was writing it as if that was his thought and his discovery, not as if he were quoting Aleister Crowley. Uh, that's plagiarism. Ding, 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 ding. The light bulbs are coming on. It is hitting me. I've been duped. We come face to face with the truth. We believed a lie. We'd given years of our lives and tens of thousands of dollars to something that was a fraud, a sham. Did we think to ask ourselves the question, how in the world did we get here? No, we didn't. We jumped from that deception into channeling inspired by a book entitled Seth Speaks and other books promoting this demonic activity. As I ponder my path up until this point in my life, I can see that all my spiritual influence as a child from my grandma Sue was influenced by the unholy realm counterfeiting as truth. There was no actual connection in any way to the true savior, Jesus Christ. Just a journey littered with deceptive spiritual opportunities, all promising peace, but unable to deliver the goods. And I have to say, I am shocked that so many of the occultic and new age practices and thought have crept into the church without anyone really noticing. But that is a topic to discuss in a future episode. The truth was nothing could satisfy my empty heart. I had a God-shaped hole needing a savior, but I didn't know how to find him and I didn't know who he was. Have you ever been lost in a lie like me? Perhaps it wasn't to the extreme of Scientology or channeling or Elizabeth Clare Prophet's Great White Brotherhood or the 12 Ascended Masters. Maybe it was a way of living based on being good, a good person, or following the right rules to attain salvation. Or maybe it was a false doctrine or a cult like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses or the International Church of Christ, or maybe even one of the new movements within Christianity that mixes new age thought and practices claiming that they're being reclaimed and redeemed for Christ. Or maybe it's just some other legalistic and controlling organization that becomes your Holy Spirit. It's interesting to see that all those counterfeits offer a portion of truth. 
That's what they suck you in with. And then once you're in, the deception escalates and you sell your soul just to keep your relationships and the way of life, the connections that you have, what you love, until finally God breaks through the deception. I'm sure glad our Heavenly Father is faithful to open our eyes and help us see the lies we've believed and then give us an opportunity to repent and get right with Him. He is such a faithful God and He loves us so much. So hey, thanks for joining me today. It's been a crazy one. I look forward to connecting with you next week on Redeemed and Restored. And as usual, I'd sure appreciate it if you would let other people know about us. Like, follow, share, and comment on the episode. I would love to connect with you and find out more about what God's doing in your life. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and this is Redeemed and Restored. So thanks for joining us today on the Redeemed and Restored podcast, brought to you by Athena Dean Holtz and the Romans 828 Bookstore, a division of Redemption Press. I'd love to have you review and share this podcast with friends, family, and others who could use the encouragement. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at Athena Dean Holtz for more tips and tools to help you find the faithfulness of God. So thanks for joining us today. See you next week for another episode of Redeemed and Restored.